Hello, this is Erin Weir. The journey to being a successful creative entrepreneur is filled with challenges, hard work, and occasional high points. You have the opportunity to minimize the challenges and hard work by learning from experts, mentors, and leaders that have traveled the same road before you. The Creative Genius Podcast celebrates you and your hard work and helps you shortcut the path to profit and renewed passion. Enjoy this episode with my co-host, Gail Dobie of Gail Dobie Coaching and Consulting. In today's podcast, Gail and I talk about the journey of our brand over the years. We recently updated our 10-year vision for the company and realized that we need to rebrand once again to reflect that vision and how our business will evolve from there. Well, here we are again, finally getting to see each other. And uh, man, it has been a busy couple of months. I don't necessarily love to use that word busy, so I'll use the word productive. Wow. It's been incredible. And, you know, when we started season three of the podcast, we were talking about how your book was coming out. Um, Now it's officially been out for several weeks. Um, we're getting rave reviews and I'm just really proud of you, Gail. Like this is, this is so cool. And I actually get to be hop on the ride with you and, um, and get to see the experiences and the comments coming through from people. Well, it's been a lot of fun. And again, a lot of hard work. And I'm sure over the course of the next year, as I write my second book. Oh, here we go. So here's the stake <laughs> in the two. ground. I've got that new book coming out. Um, I tell you what, um, I internally, we have kind of joked a little bit and hopefully you'll also smile to this too. But we're, we're saying, you know, Gail doesn't have any children, but now she has books. And so she's naming the books. Now, you know, it's like, we can't just have one. We got to have the next and then the third on the way. Um, and it's, it truly is a labor of love, right? And <laughs> I'm so proud of you that you already want to have another one, want to birth another baby book. <laughs> yes. I was thinking I must be a little bit crazy, but I did have a little bit of a break uh, a couple of months ago, right before we went into the launch of the book, which was fun. And just to take a little breather so I could reset and get myself ready for this crazy ride that happens when you write a book. But um, I do want to talk about the ride around the book as well, because there were so many other things that we decided to do as a part of this. And it certainly wasn't part of the original thing that I presented to the leadership team when I said, oh, I'm no, doing a book. It wasn't. <laughs> right. So in September. I said, okay, so I'm, I want to write this book. And then by the next month, we realized that, yeah, we probably need to rebrand. <laughs> so that yes. became a whole nother story. As and... I picked my jaw off of the, the floor <laughs> and realized that there was more getting layered on top of the book. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. And then we hired a couple of consultants who we're working with who are phenomenal. We love these guys. And uh, that started taking a lot of extra time. We have someone we're working with out of Australia. And so he's getting up at five in the morning to meet with us at the end of our day, which is not our best time of day, but we're getting together and meeting with him to do some things that are essential in our whole brand journey that we're going through. So I think part of the reason Aaron and I wanted to share 
this brand journey is that some of you or you might be in particular looking at where you've taken your business and is your brand going to take you where you want to go? Because what I realized is the business was going to be limited by where we were in our branding uh, journey. And so here we are going through our brand number three. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy the evolution that our brand and our company has gone through. I remember back in, well, I don't know if everybody knows this, but when I started working with Gail back in 2005, (laughs) when you were a baby, I was just five years old at the time. I was very very smart. No, just joking. We always figure out ways to make it sound like we're far younger than the business allows us to be. But back in 2005, I actually started with Gail in her interior design business. And that was Renaissance Design uh, in Denver. And, you know, she had built a beautiful high-end residential brand, um, was well-known within the community. And I stepped right into that. And, um, and then it was 2008 when we decided to start this. We were calling it an education company at the time. And, you know, Gail had had lessons learned from her interior design business, also paired with her interior design degree and her finance degree. And we loved working together. And she's like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of thinking that maybe I want to go do this. Do you want to do you want to do it with me? And I was like, I love working with you. Sure. Let's we just didn't know what we didn't know. Oh at that my time, gosh. Right. <laughs> wow. What a journey. And yeah. And so, you know, just within a couple of years of working together, we were starting this new, what we called an education business, which we decided to name Design Success University. And uh, Gail, do you want to talk a little bit about that name and, and the mark <laughs> that we landed on for that? Oh, that was so interesting. So uh, I feel like that was, sometimes it's embarrassing sometimes to look back at where you came from, but it's all good because it's it keeps embarrassing. you grounded. It's just where we were yeah. at the time, right? Well, yeah. And I, I think what it was, we wanted people to be successful in their design businesses. So therefore design success and university for the education part, of course. And so we began this and we had, I'll never forget that first event that we did. And we had, oh, 286 people sign up for this. And we brought in $86,000 that month. And, and then I looked at Aaron and I said, oh, this is awesome. We Look how well we did in our first event. And of course, that's when the market crashed completely. That was October of 2008. But at the beginning of that, we also had to come up with a brand. And my husband had been looking at some slides that he had taken photographs of flowers and things like that. And I happened to see this one that was a, it had three petals on it. So it looked like a propeller almost. And so that became our brand mark for the first, oh gosh, about six years of our business. It was kind of fun because the reason I picked that is because a triangle signifies change. And so to me, that was important. And of course, we always have thought behind our brands and why we have the marks that we have. And then it was about 2014, doing my usual thing that I do to Aaron every few years. And I said to Aaron, we were meeting up at a place that was one of the first co-working spaces in Denver. So it was way back at the beginning of all that. And I just looked at her and I said, you know what? We are evolving into more of a coaching business and a consulting business. Mm -hmm. So 
I think we should rebrand. And so that was February of 2014. And then by July, when we had our uh, Genius Exchange event, we had our new brand launch. So that was another step for us. <laughs> yeah. And, and that was interesting because, you know, we had kind of put together Design Success University on our own. I think maybe we had a graphic designer at the time, but we were just, again, we didn't know what we didn't know at the time. And we knew how important the brand was, but it was also developing. And then when we decided to transition from Design Success University to to go Adobe Coaching and Consulting, that was a big move. And it was, you know, we were trying mm-hmm. to elevate the brand. We were trying to um, really make who we were at that point in time, the best representation in a mark, in a website. And uh, man, that was definitely... <laughs> another labor of love. And we worked with a branding company really kind of the first time we had truly engaged with a branding company for that brand, worked through the process of, you know, the taxonomy of what we were creating and how we were going to relay that to people. And at the time, it seemed like the perfect thing for us. And it certainly has helped us in the industry and people, you know, people know Gail and people know who we are. We've never necessarily loved our logo though. (laughs) Let's just talk about that for a minute. Right. We were kind of, we, we thought it was kind of cool that the, the mandala still had the three pronged flower at some point in it. But I know, Gail, you've never really loved it and I haven't either, but we kind of rolled with it and made it beautiful in the ways that we could. I know we put that logo on everything Lots of documents. from notepads and journals and VIP manuals and all sorts of things under this end. Right. Well, and, and it was fine for the time being. And then as I, as I started this whole process of the book and where we were trying to go as a company for the next 10 years then we had to start thinking about that. And we had decided that it was time to go rebrand. So we went to a branding company and we started working with them. And uh, it was phenomenal. Yeah, it was a great experience. It was um, during a time that we were extremely productive and busy um, on the book and all the different efforts that we were making across the board. And I remember most of our calls were kind of towards the end of the day with them. And which is not Gail and I's best time to make decisions or be creative. However, it was kind of like our piece of candy at the end of the day, (laughs) right? Like we had gotten through all of the big stuff and it was something that we really looked forward to as far as time together and time to be creative together um, and really just explore where our brand needed to go. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And because we had a bigger vision, we had to rethink everything. We thought about every single piece of our business and literally the whole company, as Erin said, as we began this process, we were, we're going to be a new company when we get done with this. Yeah, so, I remember when Gail was talking about her book and then there was a couple other things that popped up. And before Christmas, I was like, you realize that in a matter of months, we'll have a completely different, you're going to have a completely new business. And it's not just in our mark. But we've also grown our team. We, at one point, Gail and I were in a lot of different, what we call seats in our company. 
And we have made huge strides to change that so that Gail really truly can be the visionary and be in her sweet spot of writing books and speaking and still getting to serve our clients. It's also been, it was a decision too, as far as looking at our big 10 year vision. Um, You know, the reality is that we know that Gail can't serve every single person. So one of the, one of the ways that she can share her knowledge is through her book, um, which has been great. And then, you know, really we need to be able to have our certified coaches that have been trained by Gail to be able to coach people um, so that we can serve more people. And so when you have a company, let's talk about that for a minute. Let's talk about having a company that's named after yourself. Cause a lot of designers have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that was a big question mark because our branding company, that was one of the first questions they asked, how do you feel about renaming the company? And I said, I'm open to it because I was looking at the 10-year vision too, because I know that for the time being, I'll be CEO for as long as I want to. And as long as the company is being Unless I fire you. Unless (laughs) Unless I I decide to fire you. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah. I need a joke about Yeah, it's okay because there may be a time when you say, okay, she's definitely off her rocker now, so we better fire her. (laughs) But uh, the reality is that you do have to think about what is longevity of the company. And I do have such a big vision. It's it's so much bigger than we're going to share right now. But we are definitely um, making sure that we're taking care of the industry of interior design, but we also serve other people. And so we'll see where it goes from here. But for right now, the brand and the brand evolution, it's very important that it can go for the next 10 to 15 years. Mm -hmm. And that's why we are making this big move to rename and rebrand the company. So I would tell you, as a designer, if you have a big vision for your company and maybe you want to have your own product line and maybe you want your own book, those are things that are going to require that your brand is really in the right spot for that. So that's why we did the branding at the same time that we were developing the book. So it's been an interesting process. And um, I kind of want to come back to the book a little bit because we have written, I've written this book It's called Business Breakthrough, Your Creative Value Blueprint to Get Paid What You're Worth. Mm. And um, to get paid what you're worth. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I think is so important and part of why we named this book and subtitled it with the Creative Value Blueprint is that one thing that I have discovered in working with my designers is that they are constantly battling with uh, prospects and clients to get paid what they're worth. So we decided that really, truly, the most important thing that we could do is help people have a creative value blueprint so they could actually run a business that was successful financially, but also provided value that was visible to the client. So that's something that every single design firm needs to have is a creative value blueprint. And it is incredibly important to know how to put together a financial model that's going to support that. And of course, that's part of how we train people over the course of their work with us, especially in a VIP experience. But um, anyway, that's kind of how all of this evolved is um, I just had that moment where I said, we need to solve a bigger problem. It's a Mm -hmm. deeper problem. 
And we need to help creative people get paid what they're worth. And that is the thing that's driving us to do all of the things that we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. I think that placing a value on creativity is really a, a huge challenge. And I think it's not just getting paid what you're worth, but having that people value what you bring to the table as far as your creativity. So what are your thoughts on that, Gail? I think it's not easy because it's something that's so intangible. People cannot see the value of what you do until the end is there. And you have that big reveal that you do, or maybe you're installing a room and you get to see the result of that room. But you have to create that value along the way so that your client actually sees that it's more than just having the creativity. It's the process of the creativity that you have to convey to the client without giving them the minute details because they don't care about that. They just want that end result. So how do you do that? Right. And how do you convince them that it's worth paying you two, three, five hundred $500 an hour if you're as high as that in maybe some of the bigger markets? Right. Well, and it's, um, it's just so subjective. And, you know, I know in one of your blog posts, you talked about how people will um, buy, just go to a, uh, the grocery store to buy a birthday cake. But if you're going to buy a wedding cake, you're going to go to a boutique bakery because you value the creativity and the level of quality that you're going to get for that wedding cake. So it's really kind of the same thing in design as far as helping your clients understand your creativity and what they're going to, what you bring to the table. Well, yeah. And the other part of this is that it's an experience. It's really an experience all the way through the, the relationship with your client. So I'll give you an example. You can give two different chefs the same ingredients and come up with either a Michelin three-star restaurant meal, or you can have something that's like uh, maybe a barbecue. <laughs> so there are two ways that that could come out based on the chef and how they are creative and put it together. And of course, it, it does take a team for a chef as well to create a fabulous meal. Mm -hmm. So for example, my husband and I celebrated a massive <laughs> anniversary. We went out to this place called Beckon in Denver. And it's the most we've ever spent on a meal ever. Sounds and delicious already. <laughs> what was that? I said it sounds delicious already. Oh, it was wonderful. <laughs> it was a 14-course meal. Oh my gosh. And it had wine tastings along with this. So it's a three-hour experience that you go through. And it's a very small restaurant. And the whole team is so well-trained and orchestrated. So from the very first second that they meet you at the door and then they seat you and every single course that you go through and the way it is cleared and the descriptions of all the wine pairings that go with each of the courses is pretty amazing. Well, you know, you're going to pay a lot of money for that. You're not going to pay just a couple hundred dollars for that. Mm -hmm. And so to go through that experience, that's essentially what you as a designer are doing is you're creating this amazing experience for somebody all the way through. But what we have to do is we have to get through the pain of the process mm -hmm. and the clients really hate that part. So you've got to figure out a way to make that process elegant and seamless as much as you can and, and really be there for that client. So they understand that they're getting an experience, not just an end result. So I think that's one of the biggest things that I would like to, talk about here because 
that's where a lot of designers just get all caught up in trying to tell the, the client, okay, now we're going to do this and this and this and this. And the client really doesn't want to know that. They just need to know what their part is. They want to know what it's going to cost. And they want to make sure that they're going to get this really great experience. But what if you can make that experience beyond their wildest expectations? How do you do that? Well, and I, I don't think there's necessarily a formula for being able to value no. creativity. I, I wish that there was, that would certainly make it a lot easier for all of us. But I think one of the biggest parts is having confidence, having confidence in what you bring to the table and and the abilities and the creativity that you have and having that confidence to ask for what you're worth, um, to get paid for what you're worth. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of times in this world um, that we're living in right now, a lot of times people are actually willing to pay more for intangible things than practical ones because it gives, it, it gets back to that dreaming mode that we've talked about that, that bigger dream that they have for themselves. And if you can help them inch just a little bit closer to that bigger dream that they have for their lifestyle and what they're creating and why they're working so hard every day, Um, day in and day out, I think that you're actually helping them achieve their dreams, right? Which they're willing to pay for. Most of the time. Most of the time. (laughs) And sometimes you end up in conflict with a client because they think it takes too long for you to get things done. So that goes back to how well did you set that expectation Mm -hmm. of what it was going to take to get that project done? And for example, how many hours? I was just reading... um, a Slack post from one of our clients today who's dealing with a client who was complaining about her time bills. And so she kind of laid it out and she said, well, it takes about 30 to 35 hours per room to do the design work and all of the things associated with creating that design. It can take up to 110 hours to do a kitchen design. Mm -hmm. So if you add that up and you've got 11 rooms, you know, you're going to have a very expensive project. Mm -hmm. So what if she had had that conversation in the early part when she was getting started with a client? So they knew that it was going to be X number of hours and they had an idea that it was going to be, you know, six figures at least for the design fee. Mm -hmm. So you've got to find a way to talk about this and create that value and say, we're here to help you throughout the whole process. We're like, an, we're like a Michelin chef and we're going to give you this fabulous experience. And the end result is going to be phenomenal. You'll love it. It will be something that you'll enjoy for years, but it's an artistic process. Right. Well, and I think you hit the nail on the head when it's, it's not just the end result, but it's also the experience that they're having right. um, that people are willing to pay for because they want, they want a good experience. They don't want to have to complain. They don't want to have to ask hard questions. Um, so definitely thinking through what is, what is the client experience? I tend to do that just kind of naturally for us. Uh, we'll be talking about a new product or how to improve something and, and I'll say, well, that would feel weird to me if I got this in the mail and then this in my email. It's, that would annoy me. Like, let's not do that. Right. Or, um, you know, we've been getting a lot of questions um, at this particular part in the process. How can we just go ahead and get that person up to speed in the beginning? So there are not a lot of questions like you're just all set. You're ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um 
So if you can do that for your business too, as far as your design process and making sure that your team's up to speed on that and you can and be more efficient with your time. I, I know a lot of times when we have people come into VIP experiences, they usually, I mean, we all have kind of our list of things that are pressing and we're getting done and the priorities are changing every day. And then there's like those things that we just don't always get to. And I think a lot of people that come in, they still have those projects that like, well, that's not quite finished up because we need to, you know, do a couple errands and, or, you know, reorder this and just get it taken care of. And I think that if you can find times and ways to um, take care of those things and just get those projects finished up, you're going to have happier clients that are having a better experience and willing to pay you for that, um, for that experience and that value that you bring to the table. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very complex to run a business. And as you develop your experience and you get to a certain level, and we've been around doing this particular business for 13 years now. And in that process, we've had to learn how to do processes Mm -hmm. and how to refine those to ensure that our clients are happy along the way. And it's not perfect, but I think One of the things that I would say, and maybe this would be a really good wrap up, is just to talk about a couple of things that you need to be thinking about as you're building your business. And number one is to think about what is that creative value blueprint that you're designing for Mm -hmm. your business that will serve your clients, but also serve your internal team? What are your processes and procedures? Do you have those nailed down? so that you can deliver a great brand experience consistently to your clients. And efficiently. (laughs) Efficiently as well, for sure. And then um, make sure you're finishing that last 10% and making sure that the client is exceedingly happy. And then after it's over, to start getting feedback from the clients about the process and how you can improve it. So you always need to be looking at How can you do better and how can you give a better client experience? So as you're growing your business and as you're taking it to a new level, you always want to elevate whatever you're currently doing. So whatever you're currently doing in 10 years should be, uh, you should be 10 times better than where you were 10 years ago. So always be thinking about how can I be better? How can I improve? Even if it's incremental, just a few little tweaks here and there can make a huge difference in how that client perceives that experience. And then from that, that's going to determine how much you can charge and how much you're going to earn over time. And it's also going to determine how well you're received in your marketplace. And when you have those efficiencies and you're really um, working on the customer experience too, you actually will have time to be a human with your clients too. So I remember, you know, back when we were having those crazy cold spells, um, all of a sudden one morning I was having coffee and, and chatting with Gail and I said, Oh my gosh, let's list off all the, all of the people that we serve in Texas. And it was a good, like 10 or 12 people. And, um, I said, I'm just going to reach out to them. And this was a, a week that I had like crazy amounts of stuff to do, but it, it was just a simple Slack message or email just saying, Hey, like we're thinking about you. Like, we just want to know that you're okay. Um, sending like very warm Colorado sunshine vibes to you. And, you know, just little touches like that. Everybody was so appreciative of just saying, you know, it's just a hard week and they wanted to be able to just say, yeah, you know, like we're safe. Like my teams are, 
in hotels or whatever that might be. But it was just that I actually had the ability and the time in a very busy week to reach out and just be human to people. And that also increases the client experience. Right. So, yeah. So those are some of the things that you want to be thinking about. And you can never underrate this. It's probably one of the most important things you can work on in your business. Mm -hmm. And if you get this down pat, which it'll never be perfect, but it can always improve, then you're going to have people who will rave about you and will refer you to other people. So that is really the key to successful marketing is building that relationship with your clients to such a level that they will rave about you to everybody that they know. So I hope that helps you today and that you got a couple of ideas out of this and also definitely be thinking about is your brand where it needs to be to mm-hmm. take you to the level that you want to go to in the next 10 years. That's a wrap for season three of the Creative Genius Podcast. We're headed to High Point Market next week and we can't wait to see you. Gail will be speaking at the Universal Learning Center on Sunday, June 6th at 10 a.m. Eastern on the topic of Creative Value Blueprint. You can register to attend at www.universalfurniture.com slash market events. And our five-day marketing blueprint challenge is coming up June 7th through the 11th at noon Eastern. This challenge provides interior designers with a path to discover the quickest ways to get more business with less time and money. What Gail and I are gonna cover with you that week is how to easily attract your ideal clients, the fastest way to get great new projects, how to plan and schedule your marketing to ensure a steady stream of clients, how to quickly budget for marketing to get the best return on investment, and what gets measured gets improved, helping you track your marketing success. Join us now for this exclusive training program for just $297. You can register at gailw.com slash five dash day dash marketing dash blueprint dash challenge. We'll see you then. Mm -hmm.